think for a moment, what do you remember most from your high school or college classes? This is Dana Hebriard and Cindy Camp. We teach a class at Aquinas College that focuses on helping young people become world ready. You might be surprised to know that career is just one part of this class. We actually spend just as much time studying relationships, happiness, and citizenship. The best part of the class, though, is partnering each student with a mentor who's enjoying retirement in the second half of life. Instead of focusing on a generation gap, we talk about a generation swap because we know there's so much to learn from each other. Stay tuned for a conversation with one of our swap mate pairs. So I'm excited to be here today with Francine Paolini and Catherine Steele, two members of our career class that we completed in the spring. Kat, do you mind sharing a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Catherine Steele. Many people around campus know me as Kat Steele, and I am now an Aquinas alum with a bachelor's degree in business concentration and marketing. And at first I came in as business communications, not knowing what I was to do. I felt a little intimidated because people coming, some people coming in had a life plan, but sometimes life can throw you a curveball and a pandemic, pandemic can occur and kind of alter those decisions. But for me, I was just going with the flow of things. So yes, you just graduated. So <laughs> you are really in sort of that graduation high right now. <laughs> yes, it's still crazy to, that on Saturday will be two weeks. Wow. <laughs> and how about you, Francine? You retired from Aquinas last year. Yes. And so tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was born in Buffalo, New York, to a big Italian family. And um, I, I didn't realize it, but I always wanted to live on my own. And after I got out of college, and when I was about Kat's age, well, maybe a little older, I was post uh, my bachelor's in history. And I was about 22, and I met a guy who lived in Michigan. And then he was moving he grew up in Detroit, but he was moving to Grand Rapids and he asked me to come here and join him. So I did. And we broke up after a year, but then I was like, I had a really good job in the public library and I was starting to make my own friends. And I thought, I think I'm going to stay here and see where everything goes. So I was at the Grand Rapids public library and the public library business for 12 years. And then in 1991, I came to Aquinas and worked there until uh, through June of 2020. So it was 29 years that I was at Aquinas in various roles. The last, um, let's see, 15 years were as a co-director of the library. So I learned a lot and I had amazing colleagues. And um, if I hadn't been there, I wouldn't be on the Zoom call of talking to either one of you. So it brought some great energy into my life. I'm so grateful for um the time I spent at Aquinas and the things that I learned and the people I learned, all of those things from. And um, retirement has taken adjusting too. And I, it's, I just, I told you earlier before we started the interview that I had dinner with my former co-director last night. We, so nice to see each other. And uh, we talked a lot about how weird it is for her not to be doing this with me and me saying, yeah, I, I miss it, but 
I'm challenging myself in retirement in a lot of different ways. So um, I like my free time feels so precious to me. And I, I, I follow a pretty good schedule. I keep myself pretty organized because for me, just hanging out and waiting to see what happens is not a good formula. So I've been pretty busy. Yeah. Well, and I usually ask if uh, you can give me your first impressions when you met, but you actually met even before our career class, right? So tell me a little bit about that and I guess just how you got to know each other. I would love to. Um, at first I thought, hmm, how can I answer this question? But I thought, snap, we met before this class. Um, so going into spring semester of 2019, I took research and question everything. And I was in AB 112. And it was a little past the time of class starting. And I thought, okay, it's 1215. Where's my professor? And then I went online and then it said, and you. I thought, shoot, I have to sprint over to the library. <laughs> and I thought she was going to be really mad at me, but she said, at least you tried. And I actually showed up to the right building this time. <laughs> so I was a little nervous, but then she said, you know what? It's okay. People make mistakes. So it's actually the point, I think of the whole swap mate relationship. I, you know, I was reflecting on this today before we started our meeting. And, you know, Kat made a mistake. And my, my feeling about mistakes is excellent job, Kat, because mistakes are the only way we can have successes. I mean, there's just no other way through. You're gonna make mistakes about minor things, going to the wrong classroom. I'll tell you about the time when I was an undergrad and I didn't switch the clock on the fall back day. And I showed up to class the entire wrong class because I was an hour out of the range of the class. I mean, you know, it's like a human thing. And I love those human moments. But the one thing that I could say about the differences between where Kat is at and I am at with regard to mistakes. When I was young, I was very much like that. If I made a mistake, I spent a lot of time, I'm not saying you do this Kat, but I would spend a lot of time beating myself up over it. Even if the person with the perceived slight was fine with it, and now that I'm older, I realize you can make a mistake every day. That's just part of life. If you're not getting out there and engaging, you're not going to make errors. And um, it's no big deal, you know. Um, so the, the difference is now I understand that. When I was younger, I got very caught up in the, the concept of failure being a negative thing. I think that's really important is that understanding or that release of owning your own mistakes. Like you can't learn anything until you just acknowledge it happened, take a deep breath and then move forward. And if it means um, connecting with the person that if it was a relationship issue or if it was um, something else, like I broke a glass or I uh, arrived late to a class or whatever, you know, I think those little moments you just sort of acknowledge. Um, my son last week, he uh, backed into our garage and broke his right uh, mirror for, <laughs> there you go. It was an accident. We came right away and he told me and, you know, you don't like the pain of having to replace that. But as I said to him, I said, you didn't hit another human mm -hmm. or injure yourself or, and so it's, it's just a mistake. 
an accident. So, so circling back, Kat was in your class, the question everything class, and then we didn't realize that, but then you were paired together. So you got to see each other, you know, as Kat was like a sophomore, right? Maybe a sophomore yes. and then as a senior. So that was kind of fun to see two years later, how this individual had developed and things that she had done. Yes, and my observation uh, is that she's grown a lot. I mean, she even grew a lot in the 16 weeks of the class and pr probably due to the fact that she was pretty close to graduation and that does accelerate your thoughts about life, your actions around your life and challenges you to kind of get all your stuff together and you know get ready for that next phase of your life, which is very nerve wracking. Um, but I don't know, I was, I was, she had grown since sophomore year. I noticed that. I think she was finding her voice and finding her truth. Um, that was great to see. It made me think uh, sometimes after our meetings, we would meet virtually, but we met a couple times face to face. It made me think that she's got good parents. So in the last several years, what new beliefs or behaviors um, have most improved your life? I mean, Kat, maybe this might be a good opportunity for you to share a little bit about those changes. Well, I really can't go back so many years because so much has happened. But some new habits I have developed um, my senior year, especially, was just to go on walks whenever stressed. I feel like there's just so much on my plate that I have no time for um, extracurricular activities at times. And I do wanna be able to participate as much as I can on campus or as much as I could on campus because I'm graduated now. Um, but in the beginning of the year, when it was really warm outside, I was able to go around campus, go for a walk, which was definitely a good way to clear my mind and I have done it a lot in the summer when in Florida um, just something that brings peace and also have been having my friends over at the apartment a couple of times and cooking cooking dinner um, a lot which has been a lot of fun um, I just love cooking meals for my friends um, so Francine one question that I'd like to ask about is failures. When life is full of both successes and failures, we often learn more from those mistakes that we have made in life. So can you talk about maybe a favorite failure and what you learned from that experience? Well, my favorite failure is, but you know, well, Dana, I know you're Italian too, but Italian families are very, at least my family is very trusting and really didn't teach me. I didn't learn a lot about having someone earn my trust. And there was a, a, a man when I was in my, I just turned 30 and um, I was dating him. I met him through theater and he kind of attached himself to me, but I didn't really pay attention to the first feeling I had about him in my gut was that something was off. And he ended up um, committing a crime against me. We ended up in a court of law. He ended up being found guilty of um, kind of burning my apartment down. So it was a very, obviously very stressful time for me. And it took a long time for it to come to trial. So I had to kind of keep that at the forefront of my mind. So a lot of things I learned through that. I mean, obviously it wasn't my fault. I mean, that was an action I, I had. 
it's crazy, right? I mean, how many times has that happened to a person? But I, I realized that even though it wasn't my fault, I didn't pay attention to that first feeling that I had. And I wasn't engaging in what, like what Kat was saying earlier, getting out, thinking, getting out in nature, communing with her friends. I wasn't being holistic about my life. And I wasn't really reflecting on my feelings. I was kind of rushing through everything, as is my tendency. So after that happened and we got through the trial, and that was a good two years, I started to journal and I decided that I wasn't going to date for a long time, that I was going to have male friends that I could learn from as friends and just learn how I was, how I could act positively in a relationship, because I think I had only seen a lot of negative in relationships. And that was probably the biggest growth spurt, at least at that in that chapter of my adult life. It was amazing. And my life just got so much better because of those decisions and more centered. And I needed to surround myself with positive people. And I ended up with the best group of friends, people that taught me so much. And they didn't even know how much I was learning from them. And um, yeah, it was, it was a blessed time, despite the fact that I went through a very disastrous situation. That is a unique uh, situation. I'm so glad that you came out of it. Reflection in that perspective. Mm -hmm. Kat, what about you? Do you have a favorite failure? So when I was working at Posner Park Chrysler in Davenport, Florida, which is where my dad works, um, a lot of the employees and a lot of people in Florida in general speak Spanish. And um, with it being a very populated area in, in near Orlando, um, there have been a lot of customers that have called in that spoke Spanish. And I tried to speak Spanish one day and I decided to pick up the phone and I said something in Spanish and the person hung up on me. <laughs> and at least I tried, like I said the last time, at least I gave it my best to try to speak Spanish again. But this person really didn't want to like get involved with that. Let's pause for a moment and get to know each other, reintroduce uh, our, so our listeners can actually know that today on Generation Swap, we're talking to Francine Pelini and Catherine Steele talking a little bit about your shared experiences and what you've grown, uh, how you've grown through this relationship. So for the mentor, so for you, Francine, is there any advice commonly given to young adults that you think they should just ignore? Yes, I think that um, sometimes parents want success for their children, not sometimes, all the time, right? And sometimes the path to, to success that a young adult picks isn't what their parents had in mind. Now, I don't know if this is true about Kat, but I've seen it over and over again because there's a lot of artistic people in my family. For example, my niece, who's a little younger than Kat, wants to make films and she switched her major from <laughs> occupational therapy to film studies. And her dad wasn't super happy about it. But my feeling about it is you will never go wrong when you pursue the arts because they are transferable into maybe some of those harder skills. Um, if you pursue the arts, you're perfectly poised to have excellent communication skills, especially theater, singing, even with filmmaking. Um, you have to be able to translate thoughts into art through the art of film. So my thought about that is 
um, artistic skills are very transferable skills to the real world, to you know corporate jobs or desk jobs or educational jobs. Um, I had an avocation of being a singer and 12 of the years out of my 29 years at Aquinas, I worked over almost a hundred nights a year as a singer. So, I mean, I was able to do both. I do have boatloads of energy that does help. But um, I felt that my avocation helped my vocation and vice versa. So um, it, it is really, you, can, you can't go wrong by following your heart. And if you are a survivor, you'll find a way to transfer those skills if you don't end up being Steven Spielberg, right? I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna survive, you're gonna make your way in the world and, and it's gonna be okay. Oh, those survival skills, I, I love that. And I love the fact you noted that we share something in common, our Italian American <laughs> heritage. So when you were talking about that and advice, I was like, oh, I could, all <laughs> of the advice that Nona gave to me. The ants. And the ants. And the ants. Yes, of course. I have a lot of ants. <laughs> so, so when you think about as you grow older, have you been able to live more authentically? You mean me? Yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, I have cousins who think, you know, I'm an anarchist. And I mean, it's just so funny because personally, I'm so conservative. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I, I do my yoga every day. But, um, you know, I, I, I believe that people should be their authentic selves. They don't have to be like me. They don't have to believe the things I believe in. I think the more you hone to who you really are, the happier you're going to be. And it doesn't mean that your life is going to be perfect all the time. You're going to have challenges, and you're, but you're going to find a way to be super truthful about that if you're your authentic self. If you're not, it's gonna be a hard road, you know? So yes. So Kat, as you think about life after college, we'd mentioned you've just graduated two weeks ago, but what would have been helpful for you to learn from role models or mentors in your life? Was it whether career or relationships or personal growth, what, what would you have been um, curious to know? I think that for me, kind of going off of what Francine had said, um, as I enter in the next stage of life, there are going to be people that may not have the same beliefs as me. And this is kind of something that we kind of talked about in the little, in the mm -hmm. beginning a little bit, um, that, um, they may have different views in life and coming from a very small Catholic school where we kind of believed in the same thing to a bigger college where we have multiple beliefs. Um, and sometimes it can be difficult because you don't know who to talk to about, you don't know who to talk about it with and don't really want to offend anyone. And that is something that I wish I would have better prepared myself for and have and I've of course talked about it with my parents and all um but as long as we accept each other's views and don't try to lure somebody else to follow what you believe in is more is really important in living an authentic life and that's something that I wish some more of the professors had talked about a little bit more in their classes um just because it is something that we will have to run into when we go into the business world 
So the last question for both of you, when you were growing up, did your parents or adult figures in your life help you to think about what you wanted to do, what you wanted to become? Francine, do you want to go first? Yes. Um, no, they, they didn't do that. Sometimes they told me what I should do instead of ask, but they never really asked me what I was interested in. Um, I was told I should be a nun. And I was like, hmm, not doing that, but that's okay. Um, but thanks for the suggestion. No, no offense to people in the religious life. As a matter of fact, the Dominicans are some of the best role models I've ever met in my life. They're fierce and amazing, but it wasn't gonna be for me. Um, and part of the issue, I think, was that my parents, we were, we were not um, people of means by any stretch of the imagination. My dad was a career bartender, my mother was a waitress, and I think on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we were, we were living towards the bottom, just trying to keep food on the table. So sometimes those higher aspirational thoughts aren't our go-to, you know, it's like, well, what do I care what my daughter wants to be? I got to get out there and make, you know, this much in tips this week so I can put food on the table. They were, they came from that kind of family, those kinds of families, both my mother and my father. And, um, you know, I mean, they weren't having those thoughts. I think they were just happy that we were in school, went to school every day. Some of us, there were six of us, me and like, um, my oldest sister were really good students. They didn't have to tell us to do our homework. We just really just got at it. And they didn't know what we were studying because they weren't super educated. So it was a different time. I think what, be, what I became and when my parents would come and visit me, they were, my mother said, I cannot even believe that this is the life you live. Like I brought them down to the Calder one year when we were singing in front of the Calder on the uh, Calder stage. And the mayor walked up and he was talking to me and I introduced him to my dad. And my, my dad's like, Franny, you know the mayor? I'm like, yeah, his daughter does theater. And later on, he's just like, how did you get this life? You know, like they were super impressed. And I'm like, I just keep doing my thing, dad, you know? And so they, in hindsight, they saw the value of all the things I did. But because they couldn't imagine a, a single life of making a living and making your own way in the world, they couldn't comment on it, right? It was just a difference in culture and how you see the world and what possibilities have been shown to you. So that's the way I look at it. I made my own way and I learned a lot and I made a lot of mistakes and here I am, I'm doing great. Oh, and, and what a tribute to them for, yes. I, I mean, raising all of you and, and to see that and to see that come about and, and that how you, um, yeah, just how you know the mayor. I mean, yeah, he was, he was so blown away by that. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, here's the thing. I mean, when I was younger and I went through the fire and all that, I got, I went through a period of time where I was disillusioned with my parents and quite angry with them for not preparing me for life. That part is over. And it's not because they're both gone. Um, in my 40s, I started to work that out. Now I'm in my 60s. And I thank them every day because they gave me such good biology and such a good work ethic. And so I can't fault them for anything. History gives you perspective and aging gives you perspective. And it's, it's a gift to continue to, to grow and think and change. So yeah. Very grateful so, to them. Yeah, what about you? Can you tell us a little bit? Um, 
anything that you would have to say about when you were growing up, career goals, influencers? So during, before COVID and everything, I, like I had said, I was not really sure on what I wanted to do and had joined numerous clubs and wasn't sure if I would continue on with these clubs. Um, when I came back from Italy, I took introduction to radio production with Phil Tower and got to see iHeartMedia and was able to interview Mojo in the Morning from Detroit. Um, so that was a really cool experience. And after that, I wanted to further learn more about radio and possibly pursue it. But during Christmas break, my professor had told me that um, 50% of over 50% of employees lost their jobs, including himself. So that was really shocking. Um, but I was able to create a podcast with Kevin Matthews and want to hopefully pursue radio in the future. Although that dream is not dead to me yet because a lot of people know that I'm a people person and I love talking and I love radio and music most importantly. So they thought it was a good area for me to, or industry to pursue, hopefully once job opportunities open up, so. And that became a nice relationship too, because the elevator at GoGo, which yeah. is a passion project for Kevin Matthews, you were able to get involved with that as well. Yes, that was a lot of fun. It's really interesting though, because I think that relates to just another question I had. The two of you have been in this mentoring role, what we call a swap mate relationship. And you also had other individuals in your life. You just acknowledged Phil Tower or Kevin Matthews. And so all intergenerational relationships. So Kat, what would you say or tell somebody about the importance of intergenerational relationships? To me, when we were learning about this, um, I think it was before Easter break, we went more in depth with each generation and how each um, one has been shaped by different events. So for example, millennials have been most affected by 9-11 um, or um, Francine had experienced the um, financial crisis in New York and how it had affected her family, which was really eye-opening. And also, it's crazy how each um, generation is affected by means of communication because a lot of people didn't have cell phones like we did and don't text and more it was more face-to-face -face than over the phone or email and how technology has really affected that in a way. And it sounds like also learning that even though the events might be different, it, it sounds as if they have some similar humanness to them, whether it's the uh, Vietnam War and the COVID pandemic, and, and yeah, the or or the financial crisis of the 1970s and the recession of 2008, and so those situations, though different. Uh, at the time going through them, you can maybe mm -hmm. share some wisdom. I don't know, Francine, what do you think? Well, I think what you, what Kat said is very interesting because she's right. You are shaped by these historical movements and events, you know, 9-11, oh my gosh, you know, but 
this is what I've been thinking about lately. I grew, I was born in 1955. And by the time the sixties came, the end of the sixties, I was 15, 16. And that was the war, you know, and all the assassinations. First, it started with Kennedy. That was the first big news event. I was, I was uh, seven, eight years old. I was in third grade, eight or nine. And the 2020, you know, 2018, 19, 2020, 2021, it reminds me of the end of the 60s. There's so much social cataclysm going on, so much clash of ideologies. It's a very, very precious time we're living through now. And Kat, you are never going to forget about this. It will shape you and, and a lot of it for good moving forward. I mean, this is a huge challenge with a lot of social upheaval. And there's a lot of forces, oppositional forces that are um, sort of creating some, some frisson in our society. And um, it's, it stresses me to the point where I don't watch the news. I was watching it when the pandemic hit because we have to know what's going on. You know, It's a health issue. I wanna know where I should be and where I shouldn't be. I mean, it's a, literally a matter of life and death. Never faced anything like this. But I think I may have mentioned this in one of our other um, talking about life events that affect you. My grandmother, my mother's mother, and my mother's father lost their entire families in the pandemic of the late, the early 19th, uh, 20th century, 100 years ago. And they met and made a blended family and came to the United States. If the, that pandemic didn't happen, I wouldn't be here. They would have had their own families and stayed in Italy. But they lost, my grandmother lost her husband and all her kids. That, that pandemic killed a lot of kids as opposed to this one. And then my grandfather, my mother's father, he lost his wife, two of his kids and the other three, and, and the other three of his kids lived. And then he came here with my grandmother and they had three more kids, which one of them was my mother. So my, grand, my uncle is the only one who's still alive. My mother's youngest brother, he's gonna be 95 in July. You know, that whole generation is gone, but they lived through a pandemic a hundred years ago. And my aunt on my father's side, who was already here in the United States, she talked about it, how she couldn't go outside. The parents were so scared for the kids. They had to stay inside for like a year. And, you know, we didn't have the measures we have today with all the hand sanitizer and everything. Um, there are some technological things that we had going on. Like you could sit and have a meeting like this. So sometimes hindsight, I would love to talk to you in about 20 or 30 years, Kat, and see what you talk, what, what you take away from this, because it's fascinating to me, these sort of social events that shape the time that we live in. No, it's it's those Godwink moments too, because mm -hmm. you think about what you just said, that if that pandemic hadn't happened, you wouldn't be here today. I literally would not be sitting here. If Speranz, that was her name, didn't meet Angelo, she wouldn't have had to meet him. She had her husband and her kids and she was going to stay in Italy. But things got very bad after that pandemic in Italy and people were just too poor and they had a lot of relatives coming to the United States to make their way. So they came and then they had three more kids. And one of those kids was my mom. It's a great story. I, I do amazing. agree. Yes, <laughs> history, history is just so fascinating. And we need to talk about it because mm -hmm. those are the things that we just don't want to forget as we move forward. Is there anything else that either of you would like to add? When we first 
uh, talked on the phone, I said some things, and if I don't represent this right, Kat, please jump in. Kat understood after I talked with her that I have a different political point of view than she does. And I was so proud of her because the next time we talked, she brought that up and, and was concerned about it. And I, I think the concern was um, something you alluded to earlier, Kat, that maybe it was gonna be me trying to help you uh, to a different point of view, which I would never do because not respectful at all. And I kind of said to her then, if you're not totally without an agenda, you know, if you don't, if you're not comfortable with me as a, as a mentor, that's perfectly fine. She's like, no, no, I really wanted you to be my mentor. And I'm like, I think we're going to be okay. Well, we had a really great conversation. I thought it was great about differences and what they mean. It's a value system and the things we value can be different. But the thing I understand about everyone is that we all love our families. We all are capable of loving each other despite ideological differences. We all want what's best for all of our friends and family. And um, we wanna be able to safely be with one another. And we wanna be able to um, do what's right for the people that we love. I don't think there's any ideological differences on those things. And those are the most important things in my life, you know? I hope that makes, I hope I summarize that the way that you felt. Definitely perfect. Um, yes. And like, I think that it is important that we just respect each other's differences. And one of my really good friends, um, her aunt was over and she's kind of like an aunt to me. Um, she had said that, you know, if you respect my differences, and I respect yours, it would be okay. You know, you don't have to believe what I believe. I don't need to believe what you believe. It's just more of respecting each other's differences and not having anyone to, you know, persuade anyone in the wrong direction. I think the other piece- Or like not the wrong direction, but you know what I mean? Like in what is against their values. The other piece to that is not denigrating that person for not believing because I could say that to you and then I could walk away and in my mind think, well, you know, this person's wrong or that person's wrong. We cannot fix those thoughts in our minds because that is part of the issue. That's part of the problem of not communicating uh, with one another. Sometimes we, we, we're not even seeing each other as people. And then that is very sad, you know. Well, thank you both. This has been such a blessing to be a with you today, Francine Paolini and Kat Steele. I really appreciate your conversation and for joining us today at Generation Swap. And we want to thank listeners as well for tuning in. The podcast is a production of Aquinas College Advantage Center. Please subscribe to Generation Swap wherever you get your podcasts or on our website, aquinas.edu backslash generation swap. We're looking forward to swapping stories with you again soon.